soaking wet and lost out in a storm. We went inside a spooky house, hoping to get warm. A dusty clock said half past six. We knew that it was wrong. When we set the hands at twelve o'clock, began to bark. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite GI Joe podcast show. I hope you enjoyed that first season of Sigma Six, which is now over. You're about to get three straight months of seasonal holiday material. Usually we wait till February to bust out the Christmas. This year we're on top of it because Gina made us get a calendar. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast and I am Ray Stacanus. Are you under the impression that Halloween and Christmas are the same holiday? I mean, for Target they are. Yeah, Christmas and Halloween are both up simultaneously in Home Depot right now. You tell me. (laughs) It was September 30th. And I went to Lowe's and it was loaded with Christmas stuff. And I was not, not happy. Christmas for goths happens all October. I mean, fair. It's true. Then Christmas for, um, I guess, Martha Stewart's is uh, November. November. Okay. I would say, uh, uh, who's that racist uh, lady who puts butter in everything? Paula Deen. Paula Deen. Oh, yeah. I think it's Paula Deen. Yeah. Except Paula Deen actually has like a Christmas special, I think. So calling it a Paula Deen Christmas is kind of confusing. Oh, yeah. But we're still going to do it. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Okay. Then and then Christmas is just Christmas for fucking normies. Yeah. Good old Xmas for the Xmas bunny. Who are you people? I'm I don't the even Xmas know bunny. anymore, man. <laughs> You know, we get we get out of G.I. Joe for a moment, making both of you <laughs> in theory happy. We come back and nobody's happy. What's ha- what is happening right now? Oh, no, I'm happy. I'm happy that we got to watch a, a, a Halloween, not a Christmas special like you introduced it. It's Halloween adjacent, though. It stars a ghost. Uh, it is Halloween. What? I, I think your brain is not properly working. I literally just said I'm happy that we got to watch a Halloween special, not a Christmas special like you said in your intro. Well, I just called it seasonal material. No, you. I'm we'll, happy let's, that let's we're go done. to the tape. G- I'm absolutely not. I <laughs> have no interest in editing or doing anything like uh, um, reflectiveness upon my own self. <laughs> and how I can improve. Uh, that's just, that's, it goes down a dark path, a path I do not want to follow. Yeah, that be, I, if I improved myself anymore, other people would start feeling bad, and I can't have that. I I just keep on improving so that I can look down on you guys. That's That's my only goal. My plan is to keep programming holiday material until we forget that we ever did G.I. Joe. <laughs> so we don't have to come back and finish any of this nonsense Good no luck with that my dick bed i'm gonna sit straight up and say no we didn't finish all of it <laughs> yeah no that shot. will be my final victory uh my no because then i'll just refuse to die forever <laughs> wow the well, uh all those billionaires trying to live forever should talk to you about how to do it Gina's got the got it figured out. Chan, you're yeah. gonna live forever. What are you talking about? Your hatred will keep you going. See, that's I, the thing is, I'm I'm not as hate filled as I once was, and I am very concerned that yes, indeed, it will lead to my demise. Wait, is this why you still do the show? Is to keep the rage meters like you know, keep throwing some coal in that fire? 
I was honestly hoping that this would be kind of an enjoyable uh, cartoon. <laughs> and oh my God, I hated it. So I guess, I Uh-oh. guess maybe I, I, that is why I'm doing Wait, this. Gina, what'd you think of this cartoon? I thought it was fine. It's going to be a Gina versus Ray and Chan episode, everybody. Buckle in. We don't get many of those. Oh my. Listen, I'm not saying it was great. I'm just saying I, I'm very forgiving when it comes to like holiday specials. And this was okay. I mean, well, it's not was, a special. It's not a thing. special in any way. There's there nothing uh, special it, about this listen, show. Listen, anything that we watch during October counts as an October special. I mean, fair. Now, uh, we didn't actually talk about it. This is Hanna-Barbera's Funky Phantom, a show that lasted one season back in like 1972, 73. 71. 71, same thing. And I, my, my first thought was, is this a Scooby-Doo ripoff? Or did Scooby, or did this come uh, first and Scooby-Doo just did this premise better? And the answer is it's a Scooby-Doo ripoff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A Scooby-Doo ripoff with a Revolutionary War era ghost, which is... Who dies in a clock, which is very dark for a kid cartoon. But I don't know, like, here's the thing. it It's Hanna-Barbera. It has the same voice actors. I don't know if you can rip yourself off. Like, it's like, it literally on the Wikipedia page, it says the show was a clone of Scooby-Doo. Of course it was. Trio of teenage detectives driving around the country and solving crimes. In this case, the Scooby-Doo role was taken by a Revolutionary War era ghost. This is also not the only Scooby-Doo ripoff that Hanna-Barbera did. And I feel like like when you do multiple uh, takes on one successful property, even if it is you doing it, it's got to be considered a ripoff. Listen, have you guys never found a pair of pants that fits you really great? Oh, and then you oh. bought four more pairs of those pants in different colors? Yes, yes. I and absolutely I have done that. I immediately cut them off at the uh, at the knees um, <laughs> to make uh, jorts. And, uh, you know, technically they're ripoffs. Oh, I hate, I hate this. I hate this. You know, we didn't even mention it's a it's a ghost of a Revolutionary War oh, character. Oh, my God. We- <laughs> Are you doing a bit or is this for real? Okay, I'm pretty sure this time it's a bit. I would like to add to that, that thing that Gina said already. I would like to add one more piece of information to it. It is the, if you'd let me finish my sentence, my goodness. Mm -hmm. But when you start with the thing that nobody has mentioned and Chan and I both said that. Yeah. And I gave you the credit. This is progress, Gina. No, it's not. No, because no, it's a revolution. It's a revolutionary war ghost. That the one minority here, the one racial minority, was ignored. Uh, Excuse me. Had his uh, credit taken from him. My Um, God, what are we living in? Nineteen seventy-one. He is a revolutionary war ghost. With the character and voice of goddamn Snagglepoot. Snagglepuss. Snagglepoot. No, it's Snagglepoot now. Snagglepootin. I almost said Snagglepootin, and then I realized that's absolutely wrong. <laughs> Vladimir uh, Snagglepootin. Although, where is that, sketch comedians of the world? Moskidanya, even. <laughs> uh, first of all, this is the same voice actor. So it's Dawes Butler. Dawes yep. Butler. He it's the same voice actor and he and he does many voices. So it's not just like this is the only voice he can do, but he purposely did the Snagglepuss voice, which is why they gave him the same catchphrase. Yes, but that's 
That's, that's bad. Bad. That is not bad. a good thing. Saying it's great or even good, <laughs> even. It's like if you fucking uh, um, uh, Han Solo shows up on screen and he's like, I'm an archaeologist. No, man. We know it's you. We know you're only doing the same character, but you don't have to like put a fucking bell on it. Yeah, in, in Air Force One, if he was to, you know, get, get get hijacked, and then he's just like snakes. Why did it have to be snakes on this plane? You could have you could have done a lot with that. Quite honestly, now that I think about it, they did. They did make an entire movie out of it. It's a good movie. Um, yeah, I just I I right off the gate, I'm like, okay. Win me over, Funky Phantom, and I get rip-off Scooby-Doo teenage characters who also are really annoying. Like, they don't get along. Like, there's, like, playful banter, and then there's legitimately, I think these people are trying to kill each other banter. That was so weird. And Yes. uh, Scooby-Doo is more charming, but Skip is voiced by Mickey Dolenz of the Monkeys, so that's fun. Mickey Dolenz of the Monkeys. Yeah, amazing. It also, Elmo the dog is Don Messick, a.k.a. the voice of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. Don yeah, Messick. He, here, he wasn't all like, rut row, Rudy. Here's the <laughs> thing. He is this a is, professional. This is what I will say. The At first, it annoyed me. But then I came around to it. The ghost who's afraid of everything is a fun this plus that in the world of sketch comedy where you take an unlikely thing and like a a lifeguard who's afraid of water waiter nauseated by food ghost who's afraid of everything i wanted to like it i feel like that failed in execution rather than premise i'm gonna Um, be honest i thought we had watched this before because we've definitely watched several scooby-doo ripoffs so i might have one called like crime club or something uh that wasn't that the australian live action show god i don't i don't even remember but while i was watching this i was like we have seen this before haven't we like and then i realized like i think it was a different scooby-doo ripoff yeah yeah i don't know we should go to the the spreadsheet that i'm sure chan has been immaculately keeping well i was Uh, thinking to myself this is a scooby-doo ripoff but at least it's not as racist as scooby-doo and then i remembered everything that happened to this episode and i'm like oh wait never mind First of I will all, say, Scooby-Doo gave a voice to the Harlem Globetrotters when no one else would, sir. Oh, yeah. They, they were never booking until Scooby-Doo came around. <laughs> um, I I did honestly deliberately pick this one in hopes that it would be super racist. It was, and by that metric, that's the thing. It's like I came in like, whoo, we're going to stink up the joint with racism. And it was pretty mellow like yeah i don't i don't recall any racism to be honest it was regular 1970s racist in that (sighs) if you if you are in south america and you're montezuma you're a big scary monster there's no depth to any of this you know that that, i think that's a reach because this is literally just like hey there's an old there's a dead guy and his ghost is here there's nothing they're like saying like oh they made montezuma a scary that's like saying like oh they made a ghost scary you guys you say it's dog whistle racism but i don't hear it listen i just think you're trying Hmm. to get some you're trying to get some brownie points but wow! If, wow, Gina! Really? That's what just happened. That's what just happened for for being anti-racist, huh? <laughs> so I guess only us brownies 
can see race. Gina. You All I'm disgusting. saying is that if Chan doesn't call it racist first, you can't then call it racist because you're you're probably wrong. Yeah, I mean, I am I am here to be that benchmark, and if I don't think it's racist, I mean, That's I will stretch. Saying. I will stretch to make something racist, and uh, I'm not really picking it up from this one. So there you I will go. Get that mark for that. And this is why I say it's just run of the mill 1970s racism. It's standardized racism. They didn't go extra like that Chinese restaurant episode of Scooby Doo did. Are you saying Chan can't recognize regular racism? Wow. This is very problematic, Ray. You know what? I said what I said, and I'm going to stick by it. Uh, since we're right at the beginning, I just want to take Are another we? moment feel to like uh, it. <laughs> um, uh, call out my delightful uh, Adobe transcription, machine okay. transcription. Love it. Um, this is how it translates the opening theme song. And honestly, I would listen to the uh, this song if these were the lyrics and it was, it feels like, I don't know, like maybe a Nick cave song or like some Bauhaus or Nick something. Cage, Chan it's cage. God damn it. Lost out in a storm. We ran inside a spooky husband hoping to get busted. But as the cops said first, we knew that it was wrong. Honestly, when that kind of sounds like that page from BOC's book that we had to do an extra <laughs> podcast That's on. True. Now, are you going to play the actual theme song? I'm not that. I'm not done yet. Oh, oh when we set the hand to try to get the ball. No, this spirit. I believe some of the things I just heard. We found a plan. Bang, 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 <laughs> bang, bang. Bang, bang, in eight in love and momentum, and you can't do without that can get better, known as Funky Valentine. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> I was oh waiting for God. Vincent Price to show up, quite honestly. That <laughs> was, uh, that was, was something. I feel like I was possessed by the spirit, the great spirit of uh, it's pretty good. It's the pretty man. Good. I like it. Uh, now, can, right. can we hear a little bit of this funky phantom theme song? It's uh, it's it's existing. Terrible. Lost out in a storm. We went inside a spooky house just hoping to get warm. The dusty clock said half past six. We knew that it was wrong. When we set the hands to twelve, the clock began to fall. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did he just say it's fun funky fan time? No. I mean, it did sound like that, yes. Uh, You're telling me you didn't find that song funky? Funky. Tina, don't even joke about that. (laughs) Do not even joke. This is 1971 when funk meant something. Yeah. You all say that this is funky. And not just funk and wagonals. We're talking Bootsy Collins here. Honestly, I can't even be mad at that one because I'm just impressed that you know what funk and wagonals is. 
<laughs> I got a long story about Funkin' Wagonals. I will not be I will not be sharing on the show because I, I, I can't imagine anyone would be interested. If you're interested in my Funkin' Wagonals story, hit us up at G.I. Joe Podcast on Twitter and just rewrite hashtag Ray's Funkin' Wagonals story. If anybody gives it, okay, if two people do it, I'll tell it next week. Why? Wait, I have a question. Did we all immediately forget to do our review of the G.I. Joe game that two seconds before we started, as, we said, let's start I, with that? As soon as I did the hashtag, I realized we never did it. Yes. <laughs> um, let's take a break in the action and talk about it. Yeah, let's. Oh, oh, I thought so, you were uh, put a commercial here, so that's why I was waiting. Okay, everybody. Commercial break right now. And yeah, we're yeah, back. Right. Let's see if I put anything there. Apparently, I didn't last week. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Two weeks ago, who even knows what's going on at this point? <laughs> the point I'm trying to make here is that the hosts of Knowing Is Half the Podcast, Robert Clark Chan and Gina Ippolito, if you didn't know their names because they refused to say them at the top of the show, and myself and my lovely wife, Melissa Oki, we all played G.I. Joe uh, Mission Critical the board game with miniatures and it, uh, I'll let you guys, I'll, I'll go last. You guys, how did, how, how was it for you? Uh, it was actually enjoyable. <clears throat> I liked it. Uh, <laughs> what? Why, why are you laughing? Uh, because, because it was enjoyable. We had a grand yeah. old time, but, yeah, I, like but, board but games. I like that. You can't even just bring yourself to be excited. You just said it was actually enjoyable. Like Look. someone is under the table punching you in the nuts, making you say that. I mean, the fact that uh, I have a five-year-old who is constantly trying to escape his bedtime and could legitimately be under the <laughs> desk right now, punching me in the balls uh, aside. Uh, yes, I, I do manage to uh, get a little bit of enjoyment here. Yeah, I, I thought it was fun. Uh, I never played a full through game before. And really quick, everybody, I got to play. It's a co-op game. So all of us played together as members of the Joe team. And there's this little map, this little board, and Cobra Troopers and the characters keep popping up. And you got to go fight them and defeat them and kind of keep the the tide from rising until eventually Cobra Commander shows up. Then you got to go kick his ass a couple of times to win the game. That's the general gist of it. And, and I really did enjoy it. We used some expansions in there. And so uh, I personally played as Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, Melissa played as Jinx, the blind ninja, uh, which is great because Jinx exists in G.I. Joe Sigma 6, so it's current. You all want to say who you played? Current as in 2006 current? Yeah, current as in where we are currently in the G.I. Joe timeline on this show current. That's not a very useful metric. <laughs> I played as Mutt and Junkyard. That's right. I was Snake Eyes. So it was really big toss up whether Gina would play one of the lady characters, but I know she, if, if Lady J was there, if we had bought the Lady J expansion, I think maybe she would have gone for it. But Gina was yeah. not taking Scarlet or Cover Girl or Bomb Strike, whoever the heck that is. I, yeah, I don't know who Bomb Strike is. If there was a Baroness, I would have gone with her. I would have even gone with uh, what's her butt? Uh, what's his butt's sister? I know who you're talking about, but I'm not going to help you out on this. I don't need help. Uh, Everyone knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I will. Well, yeah. Um, you mean Destro's other girlfriend. Except for Ray. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ray. That took me a sec because you were talking about Cobras, and my brain was only going towards Joe's, the actual people you play as in this game. 
I yeah. literally had just said I would play as the Baroness. I know, and it, I didn't like that either. The only thing that disappoints me is that you can only play as Joes and not as Cobras, uh, which understandable, completely understandable. Uh, but I s- still want to play, you know, uh, fucking Tomax and Zaymont. So, well, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come when that expansion, the extensive Enterprises expansion comes out. You know, this game, and to be fair, I didn't say this before. There's a, a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game that uses the same rule set that you can mix and match with this one. So if you wanted to mix and match between the two, yeah, I didn't I didn't get as excited, but I'm hoping and I believe they're going to do a Transformers version of this game. Okay. And then you can mix and match in some Decepticons and that might be super fun. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Uh, anyway, get a anyway. He-Man expansion pack in there and then I'm on board. Okay. Uh, I, I think they're going to stick to Hasbro properties, so you might get a mask Stupid. or My Little Pony or Jem okay. and the Holograms. I don't know how uh, it works, but let's do it. You know what? Okay. If you want to bring in Jem and the Holograms, I'm all about it. If yeah, they ever, be, I'm not I'd even kidding. Into that. Unironically, if they did a Jem and the Holograms expansion for Mission Critical, I would buy it in roughly 3.2 seconds. Yep. Uh, I, you know, there is a Ninja expansion I bought. That's how we got Mutton Junkyard somehow. And That's Jinx. how that works. And there's also ninjas, so you could replace one of your main... Anyway, it's a delightful game. We defeated Cobra Commander on the fourth turn. Uh, I thought we did a great job. I thought our teamwork was good, and it's a little bit of a learning curve to it, but I thought people generally, except for Gina Ippolito, picked it up uh, pretty quickly, and we're we're flying after turn one. I I need to be told what to do at all times, uh, like a sassy baby. And when Gina says told what to do at all times, she means repeatedly the same things <laughs> over and over again. We pointed out to Gina that there were numbers on the cards, which represented how much energy it took to play them. And there were shields on the cards, which represented their defensive value. And I'm still not sure Gina understands that those two things are different. Look, don't put two things on one <laughs> card. How hard is that? Oh, my God. Two things on one card outrageous it, it in addition to like what the card is telling you to do yeah it's wow. like hey you just ate a big bowl of spaghetti move back two spaces because you're real full and also here's a bunch of shields that mean nothing and a number that means nothing too much on one card what yeah. what's what is there a spaghetti expansion but i don't want to talk about it there's a Chuck E. cheese um uh, Wait, kitchen are, expansion is somebody getting uh spaghetti from Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, Pasquale, <laughs> yeah, Pasquale it's, will do spaghetti. He is a, a a roughly Italian man. It's a goddamn crapshoot getting pizza <laughs> from Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I don't think we want to be delving into the world of pasta. I'm gonna say right now, I eat spaghetti from Chuck E. Cheese. I'd eat spaghetti from anywhere. I've done the salad bar at Chuck E. Cheese and lived to tell the story. So I'd, I'd do the salad bar. Yeah, it wasn't that great, but I enjoyed it. Um, uh, Yes, so G.I. Joe Mission Critical from Renegade Games. If you like G.I. Joe stuff, they're not paying us to say this. I'll say it. I just did their Kickstarter, and uh, I've been wanting to play it for like all year, and I finally made it happen. So I'm excited. I'm so happy they liked it. We might do it again at some point. Maybe, you know, I'd love to set up cameras and do like a live stream on Twitch, but that would require much more work. I want to play that Batman AR game you have. Are, you I want to play my Batman game. Gina, oh, nobody wants to play your Batman, Batman game. Boring. Everybody wants to play the AR game that I got no. free from the Who Would Win show. 
Anyway, back to Funky Phantom. So they drive around, not in the mystery machine, but the Looney Dooney Dune Buggy, <laughs> y'all. It's One of the st- things pretty stupid. I dearly miss from the 70s is our collective fascination with Dune Buggies. I do not even understand what they were for. Sand. Um, yeah. Driving they, in the dunes. None of them look like they actually work on sand is the problem. See, and this I, is my problem with fake Dune fans like Robert Clark Chan. You claim oh, to like Frank oh, Herbert's work, but you're I not will, into Dune buggies. I will. Fu- no, I'm saying that I do like Dune buggies. Also, I will fight you for even suggesting that I am a fake Dune fan. Uh, also, I'll fight you just because you're Ray Stacatus. <laughs> I Listen, know, and you'd I, win that fight. That's the most upsetting part. You know what I miss is, like, there there was a time where people were like, hey, what kind of vehicle do you drive? And the answer was a weird one. Like, people just had weird vans, weird things. Uh, like, I, like, I miss that. I realize that now we're a little more gas conscious, so not everyone is driving around in a mystery machine that's been painted green. But I want more weird vehicles. See, you know what? I would agree because we got a new car uh, semi-recently. And owing to the pandemic, which like uh, screwed up all the supply lines, basically like your choice is a white car. Yeah. It's, it's a car. It's the basic model. Um, if you want anything else, it's going to cost you an extra $12,000. So here you go, man. Yeah. I want to just buy a weird van that has like an alligator holding a bowl of spaghetti on the side. You can just get that painted on. (laughs) (sighs) I want it to cost like 200 bucks. I want there to be just like weird 70s shit in them. And I want to drive around and solve crimes. Do you know how to fix a car? Because you can get something like that and it will break down approximately every half block. No, but I assume that one of my sidekicks does. Look at your sidekicks. Look <laughs> at the sidekicks you have now. Not you. I would Either diversify. Of us like we know diverse. You're not going to get any more diverse than me, Gina Polito. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point. <sighs> I want like one sidekick who like really knows how to make make food in a hot pot in the back of a van. I want one that knows how to fix crap. I want one who's always got a guy like that's called being Italian. Like you've always got a guy for something. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's that's pretty much it. That's what I need in my van crew. We are going to need some of the. Knowing is half the podcast fans out there to get us artwork of Gina's van. <laughs> She's been very clear or, what she wants on it. Uh, make it happen. Or you know what? Also, tell us who would be in your van crew. What kind of you, weirdos? You could do that, but none of you, frankly, are interesting enough for me to care. <laughs> I'm not going to get back on Twitter for that. I mean, you're not wrong. Anyway, let's go ahead and start the episode, because one of the things I noticed about the Looney Dooney dune buggy is that there are no like windshields. There is no protective area and they're driving around. They're driving around the Mexico deserts. You know what a dune buggy looks like? 
That's uh, what a I dune buggy looks like. There would be something to protect you from the dunes. This seems like poor design to me. Now you gotta uh, wear goggles. Everything in the seventies was poorly designed. That's, well, that's what makes fact. it awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, they say it's too dry driving through Mexico with no windshield. Wow. How'd that happen? And this is when I realized immediately, this might be some of the cheapest animation I've ever seen in my entire life. No, you forgot. Like finish eyes, you know, like, no, I don't even know. that was that like that. They did that a lot, but I think you've forgotten a lot of the animation that we've seen because we've this seen was on par with like a lot of seventies stuff. This is basic seventies. Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, we've so exactly. Much than this. I feel like the Scooby-Doo from years, two years earlier, uh, crushes what they tried to do here. I feel like they got very lazy and very cheap in, in their choices here. Yeah. Cause it's a knockoff. They're going to put all the money into the flagship product and you're just going to get like, eh, fuck it, whatever. The kids don't give a shit for this. Also, one. that whole like eye thing was very common where they were like the same color as the flesh. That's I didn't weird. like it. I just it, 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 it. This is a ripoff. Try to convince me it's not a ripoff. One way to do it is not cheap out on the animation. That's what I'm trying to say. I did not care for it at all. Ain't nobody um, trying to convince anybody. They're just putting it out there because they know dumbass kids are just going to watch whatever's on Saturday morning. Apparently they won't because this only lasted like half of one season. This is the era where they would make 65 episodes a season. This only made it 17 episodes of one season, which means very quickly they pulled the plug on this nonsense. Well, that's because they had a serialized story to tell. And by the end of it, it turns out that they... Uh, um, managed to keep the wormhole open and uh, establish a gateway to the Delta Quadrant, like a staple. Wow. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I gotta say, the title of this episode, not having anything to do with a, a dune buggy race, Montezuma, or anything, and just the episode being titled Spirit Spooked, really lazy writing. <laughs> Well, to be fair, the spirit was spooked all throughout the episode. It is. It is. I, it yeah, does but then track. Every, is every episode titled that? Because his whole yeah. thing is he's spooked all the time. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of a ghost who's afraid of death is is a it's a strange marble to snap. No, that's what I said before. It's a this plus that you learn about in an Eric Money Penny's sketch class. Uh, that aspect of it I liked. Look, Eric Money Penny, very talented. Great improviser, but that being said, uh, this is an avenue I did not care for. I didn't Chan care for it. it. Improviser. Chen did not care for it either, just for the record. Chan's on the record saying, I don't like this. I asked him before I put my opinion out Chan. there because they're Gina and Chan versus Ray episodes. Yeah, but I'm saying this aspect of it goes to afraid, Chan. Uh, my opinion is Eric Moneypenny is a fantastic comedic writer. He's really good. He says something. It's true. Okay, there here's the go. deal. Uh, hit up Eric Moneypenny on uh, like Facebook Messenger right now. Ask him if the concept of Funky Pharaoh meets his standards. Oh God, please! First of all, don't do that because no, I'm asking you to do gonna, it right now, Gina. Please, someone is going to take that seriously. <laughs> Tell you what. Take uh, Money Penny's uh, pack class. He often does it online. Okay, and you can okay. ask him uh, at the end. Yeah, make sure you're paying him money in some way in order to ask this question. That makes it much more appropriate. That's you know what? That's a good call, Chan. I, I, I'm on board. 
That's why I'm here. Yeah, thank you. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Can you keep a secret? Good. Then come closer. This is Baby Secret. She talks. For a secret, touch my heart. And she whispers. Baby Secrets loves you. I love you, Baby Secrets. Oh, you're so sweet. Baby Secrets. Her secrets are just for you. You're my best friend. Your secret friend. Baby Secrets. Secrets just for you. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Uh, the ghost is covered in dust and then dematerializes so the dust falls to the ground and then rematerializes. I kind of liked it. I kind of like that. I like that's problem solving. I'm into it. Yeah, I'd do that if I accidentally got covered in glitter. Uh, it's it's a bit that clearly is a a, a standard bit they do. Um, and I, I, I feel, again, just sort of like the execution of it is a little weird. Like the premise of it, um, him being able to act upon the uh, material corporeal plane makes sense. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, you got to do what you got to do to uh, tell a story in a cartoon. Uh, But like they do it a weird number of times. Um, I think it happens three times and it doesn't heighten at all. It's just sort of like he does it once here and he does it again um, to like get through a wall or something like that. It just didn't. I, I did not like it. I did not like it. You didn't like this bit. This bit's the only thing I liked in the entire episode. Now I'm upset with you. Well, that's to be expected. Yeah, that means you're doing it right. Um, all right. So uh, they're, they're, they're dead last in a race, or so they think. They are struggling in this Mexico cross-country dune buggy race. Apparently, they are also race car drivers. I've never seen a race that involved an entire team of people together in a dune buggy. Maybe this is a thing in the 70s I just don't know about. You've never seen I, Cannonball Run, man? Oh, I don't want to see Cannonball Run. I bet it's I bet it's not very good. Is Cannonball Run any good? I really need to know now if this is a bit or not. I, I've never seen established it. I legitimately don't know. Never doing a bit when he's, pretend, when he's being stupid. <sighs> yeah, Chan, when will you learn? The Cannonball only time run. he's doing a bit is when he's trying desperately to do a bit and ends up making dad jokes. But anytime he's like saying something that seems too stupid for anyone to say, it's not a bit. And I guarantee you, we will keep asking, is this a bit? Because sometimes it's just insane. Well, Cannonball Run got 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, but 91% of Google users liked it, which tells me it's garbage. It is very much of its time. Uh, oh, if you want to see, I believe, Jackie Chan's first role in America. That's what I'm noticing. Also with Roger Moore and the entire Brat, uh, Rat Pack, not Brat Pack, Rat Pack and Burt Reynolds and Farrah yeah. Fawcett and Dom DeLuise. This is, a, this is a star-studded cast, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying that you, Ray Stacanus, need to watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> Terry should- Bradshaw. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> wow! Um, here's it's the deal. Ray, I'm, out just, there. I'm just curious. I'm Who do you think is in the Rat Pack? The Rat Pack. The Rat. Look, I almost I said Brat Pack, which is the the Corys, and that all came in yeah, the 1980s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand. 
understand that you're talking about the Rat Pack. Who mm. do you think is in the Rat Pack? Well, he the is rat- correct in that one member of the Rat Pack is in this movie. Because uh, he said- No, there's multiple. I'm going to say right now, there are multiple Rat Packs in this movie. Because you got Dean Martin and oh, Sammy right. Davis Jr. Dean Martin is in this. Okay. Okay, okay you do have to. All two. right, okay. that's fair. I stand corrected. You did, though, say every single member of the Rat yeah. Pack. And I'm well, like, I saw the first... In there. Those not. two were the first two I saw, so I just assumed the rest would follow suit, and I was wrong. I was dead wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but Frank Sinatra, also in the Rat Pack, and uh, I'm sure somebody else. Uh, yeah, you, I was asking because you said it right after you said Roger Moore. You said Roger Moore <laughs> and every member of the Rat Pack, and then for Dude. a second I was worried that you thought Roger Moore was in the Rat Pack. Let me tell you right now, if Roger Moore and Jackie Chan were actual members of the Rat Pack, those movies go through the roof of watchability. That okay? would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Bad I mean, job, Hollywood. <laughs> Jackie Chan would have been like two or like negative four when the Rat Pack movies came out. But other than that, what I love is now on uh, Google.com, Jackie Chan now gets third billing for this movie, despite the fact his character's name is Subaru Driver Number One. He, is, yeah, he has no uh, English lines, and he is on screen for a total of about forty seconds. Uh, non sequitur. Speaking of Asian actors who don't get their due, tonight when we're recording this is the season premiere of season two of Loki. And let me tell you, if you have any positive feelings towards Ki Hui Kwan, you should watch it 90 times over. Wait, are you referring to Ki Hui Kwan as somebody who Hollywood has not rewarded? The guy who just won an Oscar. Uh, I believe I said underappreciated because he spent roughly 35 years not being able to get a job, which he talks about constantly. So he does. Well, he is so funny in it. It makes me want to die. I'm glad he's getting work. That's a guy who deserves it with this goddamn thing now so I can go watch Loki. You're Mm. I want you to watch it and then tell me how much you love him. And if you, guys, you don't I'm love not him, even, don't tell me, Chan, because I can't handle your Chan-ness. I, I'm not even to the act one act break yet, Chan. So if y'all would just let me get moving. I mean, literally, here. we Hold could on. sum this up in three sentences if we really wanted to, because <laughs> there really ain't much to. happening here, guys. No, I got on. a lot of notes. Before we get there, uh, before we continue on, I just need um, somebody to make a T-shirt that says, I can't handle your Chan-ness. If you That's please. a good one. That's a good one. When we do when we do knowing is half the podcast con in about twenty five years, big seller. Mm -hmm. Really, you have to buy one to get in the door. They just give them away Mm -hmm. with admission. Mm -hmm. I figure. So uh, there's one car behind them. They decide to follow that one car. They're off the beaten path. That'll be important for the plot later, such as it is. That car. There's there's some business, and because like right off the bat, like. my well, my second note after the ghost is fucking snaggle Putin uh, is <laughs> I hate these kids already. They're really mean. Like they're genuinely mean to they're each mean. other. Mean. I don't like it. One of them's like, yeah, we're we're fucking lost because you took us on the sh- the shortcut like you always do. I'm like, all right, well that's a that's a character trait that has been gifted to this one character. And then like two minutes later, they're like, oh, I got this shortcut that I'm going to take. I'm like, that's the other guy. 
Why does that guy now have a shortcut that's going to get them lost when they've already established it's the um, the big doofy guy who has the shortcut thing? What is going on? Like, they just do not care. Uh, they do not. Nobody cares. I don't know why we care as much as we do. Uh, Montezuma shows up, though, when this other car has a flame out, and Montezuma wants them to go. He wants them to get out of there, and he disappears. He teleports away. And now that I think about it, that is never explained. They do. They mention at the end, ah, oh, a bunch of magician tricks. Because I was waiting for that explanation, too. Oh, really? Okay, I, I missed that then. Okay. Great writing, Funky Phantom. So I, I just wrote here, we've been over it already, but why is the ghost afraid? I, I don't... We've beaten it to death. You've it's, already, you've uh, already you reached out. Uh, do you seriously not get how comedy works? Like, I understand if it's a bit that you don't like, but do you not understand how comedy works? No, I understand, like, hat and a hat and opposites in the same character. I understand person has job, is bad at that job. But just on a fundamental level, he's intangible. He can disappear from reality whenever he wants to. I do not understand this character trait, I'm frustrated by it. I do not find it amusing. Okay, look, I need to know if he can become intangible, come in and out of reality at will, why he's in fucking shotgun. At the very least, you put him in the goddamn back seat. Yes, you do. Why is, there hu- why are there two humans in the back seat when one of them could like actually be comfortable? Well, is, don't they put don't they put Miss Lady Pants in the back seat though? So the guy's like macking on her. I assume that that was what was going on there. Oh, is that what? I, no, because his dog is there too, and you can't. Yeah, you but can't he's in the middle. Dog. Okay, uh, 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 Brutus is in the middle, or uh, Bluto's in the middle, and he's crushing Blondie Pants, who is drawn very grossly. Yo, yo, can we talk about her fucking can Voldemort we? nose? Yeah, she does not have a nose. Ooh. She has two nostrils, and like, she's done. The idea is like, oh, she's got a cute little button nose, but they don't bother with any shading, so it's just two slits, and it's creepy as fuck, and her eyes are like dead snake eyes. Uh, Everything about it is uh, upsetting to me, but you knew that already. She is meant to be the very attractive member to keep people watching but she is bad looking and i don't like to criticize people's looks but she's a cartoon the uh, I, you know, I do appreciate the fact that she's not stupid uh like she's not she's not ditzy at all she just seems equally as capable as the dudes uh more so in some context but they don't i like the fact that they're both not making her penny where it's like oh she's the only competent one but everyone ignores her but they're also not making her like a a ditz who doesn't know what's going on she's just like a regular character i wish they would make her penny (laughs) it would give her something to do the only thing she does is be there to chastise people when there's only you know she's both she's here to both sides the two terrible men and she's here to get kidnapped she's here for two things and both of them are bad I have no notes for this. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, also, we get in there, the the ghost disappears. And so we cut to, for like 45 seconds, we cut to Elmo the dog doing this bizarre bit with the mirror 
where he's looking at himself in the mirror and checking his eyeballs. And then the ghost cat, uh, boo appears in the mirror and then he, and then hits him. I don't know what's happening. He's clearly trying to check if his eyes look bloodshot and if he's too drunk to drive so that if he gets pulled over when he's been drinking, will the cops know that he's in drunk? In the backseat. What, what, what are we talking about right now? The slapstick relationship between the big dog and the ghost cat is also like uh, inherently mean in the same way that the, the human's relationship is like, um, like the cat's just fucking with him and it's not funny. It's not. I admit that like the, the meanness of the, I guess it's the Mickey Dolan's character, the redheaded dude is really weird. Like he seems like he's written as if he's their antagonistic bully in like a, in like a rival group, but they're supposed to be friends. So every time he's like, ha ha ha, you idiot, you hurt yourself. You stupid moron, go kill yourself. It's like, wait, what's, how how do these people know each other? Are they friends? What's going on? Wikipedia says they're best friends. Yeah, it's very, it's a very strange, uh, like maybe uh, the only thing I can think is that there was like a first draft of this where it was really too much like Scooby-Doo and they were like, okay, we can't, you know, like, because like, you know, uh, Shaggy and, and, uh, what's his name? Blaine, whatever the white preppy guy's name is. Augie. No, no, I mean on Scooby-Doo. Oh, Blaine. Fred. Fred. Like Fred never insults anyone in the group. He's like a true leader. He's like a true leader. Yeah. Shaggy's never mean. Like none of them are ever mean. So maybe the network was like differentiate it from Scooby-Doo a little bit. And they were like, what if we just make them all mean to each other? What if they're all assholes? Terrible, terrible decision that was. (laughs) Yeah, everything about it's very, very upsetting. I, yeah, I just, also strange I do not like choice in a kids in a kids cartoon too. Uh, it's just a real strange choice. <laughs> uh, and I like how you called the redhead the mean one, as if Augie, the giant brown-haired bully, isn't obviously the instigator of all things. Uh, I mean, I thought it was the redhead that was like calling people idiots. Hoggy's yeah, the we're... one actually physically assaulting people. That's all I'm trying to say. But Chan, you're with me that that the redhead is the one that's like laughing at people and calling them stupid idiots. Uh, n- no, they're they're both doing it to each other. That's that's what I hate about it. Not like, ideal. Like, why are they together? Because they're just they hate each other clearly. And for the record, I hated the dog mirror cat bit as well. Uh, I just wrote here. I don't get it. I don't get why this is supposed to be funny. The dog is doing weird things, and then the cat appears in the mirror, and then they hit uh, the ghost. What do you mean you hate it as well? You were the one who started this conversation out by saying, I hate it. Oh, because Chan, I I started by saying what it was. Chan said he hated it. I agree. I was trying to be neutral. Maybe my lack of neutrality shined through. No, you literally said, I don't get it. I don't understand what it's supposed to be. And then I said, I made a stupid joke about how he's drunk and he wants to drive home. Listen, I still don't you're, get it. I, I think you're, are you drunk tonight? You're repeating yourself a lot. I, I'm, I'm very wasted. 
okay. I had to be in order to get through this recording. Um, the fair. road is suddenly bad now. Why is the road bad? I don't know. They give up on it five it's seconds later. It's not a road. It's a dune. They, they, took, they took a shortcut. It's bad now, and we're going to go explore. Also, it's, it's a dune, so they have to drive without rhythm. That's a very funny joke for people who are big fans of Dune, like I am. But I was of the impression that you were not a big fan of Dune. You can go to hell. <laughs> now, okay, this is what I was getting at a moment ago, because uh, Augie the bully is picking on redheaded kid. Maybe this is too personal. <laughs> <laughs> but... He's 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 name calling him. Then he tries to like physically assault him, and that's when Lady Pants turns around and says, "Now cool it, you two. And, and can we play this clip? Actually, I would like you to hear the entirety of it because there is one instigator and one victim. This is not. This is media both sidesing, and this is why politics has gone to hell. Hang on, Elmo. We're coming down to help you. After you, Skip. No, after you. Brawn before brains, you know. Yeah! Uh, that is a point where uh, the big guy tries to shove the little guy down a hill. Uh-huh. The little guy dodges, and the big guy goes ass over tea kettle down. <laughs> yeah, I do not find any of it fun. In fact, he destroys a vase. Uh, that's outside of the temple. So we're we're encroaching on G.I. Joe territory now with respect to ancient landmarks. Weird. And there's a sequence on a bridge between Elmo the dog and the ghost cat that I do not find amusing in the slightest. Yeah, that's that's what I mean is it's like not fun. The cat is like trying to kill the dog and then the um uh like the bridge breaks and the dog falls. You know, he doesn't die, but. Like, wh- why? Let How me is tell that you, funny? this is the exact reason I do not like the British office. There is one character who has a lot of power, and that is the Ricky Gervais character. There is one character who has no power, and it is Martin Freeman's character. And the entirety of the British office is the guy with power shitting on the guy with no power, and the guy with no power never getting over. And Ricky Gervais always winning. And it's very unfun to watch. I remember seeing a later episode when Ricky Gervais as a friend joined the firm. And the episode ends with like one of Martin Freeman's shoes getting thrown on the roof and the the villains running away laughing. And I just say to myself, fuck this show. This is not fun. You don't watch much uh, British comedy, do you, Ray? I watch Faulty Towers. I watched Faulty Monty Towers Python. is is literally all about people shitting on each other. His wife is shitting on him. He's shitting on uh, what's his name? The 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 yeah. waiter guy. Manuel. Yeah. Manuel. Yeah, but at least John Cleese is getting shit on. Who's shitting on Ricky Gervais? He has all the power and never loses. Even uh, in the finale. Uh, of season one he, he literally says close the entire office as long as i get a job isn't this hilarious no this is this is <laughs> abusive is what this is as long as we're talking about uh british communists can i just say upstart crow is a delight i've never heard of that it's uh um uh the guy from uh mitchell and webb uh i think it's mitchell uh as uh 
Shakespeare. Oh, written by Ben Elton of uh, Blackadder. Black yeah, yep, I'm yep. in. Yep, good stuff. And anyway, you, somebody was saying... I, I want to see this. No, my whole point in all of this is that the British office is maybe the most overrated piece of garbage. The, the American office is a thousand times better because Michael Scott actually takes L's at some point during the show repeatedly as he deserves to. Why Ricky Gervais wrote himself in the show as Hulk Hogan, who's incapable of losing at any point, is ridiculously upsetting to me and makes the show unwatchable. Hey, do you like bullies bullying people that they have all the power over and never getting their comeuppance? Have I got a show for you? Awful. I stopped listening to you a half hour ago. Um, I stopped listening, but that's because I actually agree with Ray and that is disturbing to me. Whoa. Here's the deal. You take the dubs when you can get it. Gina, that's a dub as well. Usually you tune out at the intro. You're doing pretty well today. Uh, yeah, this is actually a good one for me. Um, uh, we find Professor Lundgren, who says he found Montezuma's Mask of the Sun, and they go to a temple. Oh, hey, before we even get there, I uh, just need to uh, uh, check this point that is entirely visual. So hopefully we remember to post the uh, screenshot. But if not, just go find this episode of Funky Phantom. Uh, sure, I think we got it on sure. Daily Motion. And go to uh, five minutes and five seconds to see a shot of a ghost showing off his uh, chocolate starfish very clearly. Uh, That's what the animators drew. uh -uh. Uh, The censors were like, just erase the butthole, would you please? No. Uh, So they do, but it's straight up. Straight up ghost asshole right there. Chan, have you never seen a cartoon? Like, this is a well-known bit, like, where someone lands on a cactus or something. Mm -hmm. It happens in so many cartoons. And for some reason, a ghost's pantaloons is offensive to old man Chan over here. Uh, It's not offensive. It's he is practically twerking because they stay on his ass and the cat, like, slowly, like, enjoying the pain Again, of the, well the known beetles for, like, a minute and a half. And it's it's it gets to be weird. It's, it's, I feel like what happened to Wile E. Coyote all the time. It I goes think it also from, happened to the Grinch at some point. It goes from, like, the Stooges to, like, a David Lynch film in the way they just <laughs> linger on it. It just stays. And you're like, well, I, this was kind of funny at first, and now I'm... Uh, I'm weirdly disturbed and possibly aroused. Not sure. Uh, Maybe that was just me. Damn it. Now I'm agreeing with Chan. I don't like where we're going here. This is Ugh, not why good. Why don't you guys just make out? This might be the show that ruins the I show. Told, look, I told you a Gina versus Ray and Chan episode. Nobody wins. This is hashtag nobody wins, Chan. <laughs> hashtag who would win? Nobody. 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 Uh, So uh, we find a Professor Lundgren who says, I had a mask of the sun from Montezuma. I called the university and they were supposed to send somebody out, except no, that didn't happen. A spirit then shows up and steals the mask and then vanishes. And this is where in true choose your own adventure book style, our heroes have a choice. Do we take Professor Lundgren to the police 
or do we go off and try to find help? By the way, where is the missing driver? These are all hooks. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention that the, there's a driver who's like, go back, go back. The way is dangerous. And then like, poof, he disappears just like Montezuma did. Yeah. Um, weird. Surprise. He might come into play later. <laughs> so uh, the spirit himself has plans. Uh, the professor has now vanished. April has now been abducted in true night trap. The Sega Saturn game. The Sega, Sega Saturn, Saturn game. Sega CD. Sega CD is game. The, uh, the cause is that what a Stegosaurus plays? A Stega yeah. Saturn. It's an it's an early CD-ROM game called Night Trap, and it's the one that hit Congress as being too violent. And if you watch, listen, do you guys know about Night Trap? Night Trap was an old video game from the 90s that was a full motion video FMV game where essentially you were playing security camera with six like cameras at the same time and you were switching between them to find the evil monsters who were trying to invade the sorority house and uh, and, and uh, abduct and kill the sorority girls. Except it's the cheapest video game ever made. And uh, uh, it had like one sort of famous sitcom lady in it whose name I forget. And it, it was it was considered too brutal for the 1990s, around the time that Mortal Kombat was making a big deal. Night Trap. Anyway, it's a Night Trap trap where a, a wall opens and a guy grabs her by the mouth and waist, pulls her inside, and then next thing you know, they're on the roof of a ziggurat. Wow. Wow, indeed. She must face the wrath of Montezuma with the trial of the sun god, which near as I can tell is a giant magnifying glass and the sun will burn her if they don't do something. Yeah. So the phantom is going to take care of it. He does so by teleporting himself to the roof, something that probably he should have been taking advantage of earlier. And he hits the Montezuma character with a gong. I, <laughs> I was really hoping you were just going to do another. Yeah. Chan. I'll keep, I'll keep advancing. This is my fa- Listen, I hope this is a recurring bit because this allows me to advance the plot in a terrible cartoon in a very expedient this is I way. Said this, this was fine because it's a, it's a nothing burger of a thing. And like, I have no reaction to any of it. I, it didn't make me angry like some other cartoons have, but it, it, you know, this is why I said it was fine. Uh, and that's why uh, I mean I dislike it intensely because there's nothing there, and there are some things that are exceedingly bad. Like there, there's no bright spot. There's no like, oh yeah, but there's this one joke. Like the the closest it gets to actual humor is uh, in indeed um, this the section uh, you're talking about where there's this giant gong behind Montezuma and uh, Mudsy. Uh, just real quick, the the guy's name is Mudsy. Mudsy Bogues, huh? Mudsy Bogues. Yes. Bogues. He's a he's a small uh, basketball player. No, no. I want to I want to pause for a moment. Gina, exceptional job. I was not <laughs> expecting you to hit me with a 1990s NBA reference, but I am no. eagerly here for it. There is a 100 percent chance that Tiny Gina knows of Mudsy <laughs> Bogues 
the five six NBA player. Listen, Every I can name. name I can Gina, name. hold on. I, I want to say this. Who is the five foot seven NBA player who won the slam dunk contest? Uh, uh, I do know this. Uh, but I, but I think like there was like it was like Miss Spud Webb. Spud Webb is correct. Ladies and gentlemen, Gina hit us with not one, but two <laughs> sports references tonight. And That's I honestly, could not be happier. Here's the thing. This is what I will say to you. I can name about 10 players from every sport that counts if they were playing in the 80s and or 90s. I, I am confident in that. I can do it with basketball. I can do it with football. I can. Okay. I'm going to do it. Gina, can you name for me one player from the Detroit Red Wings hockey team? That's not a sport that counts. That is one of the big four. That is a sport that counts, especially in the 80s and 90s. It counted more there than it does now. No. Can you name me one Stanley, they won five Stanley no, Cups. Uh, hockey That's, is not, when I say a sport that counts. Disappointed. I'm, disappointed. I'm talking about American, not Canadian. I was, this I'm is, disappointed. This is like saying like, hey, you know uh, how uh, during the Cold War, there were four major superpowers. <laughs> Why don't you name three and four? N- no, because they don't exist. Listen, there's a big, for the longest time until hockey went off ESPN and thus disappeared. No, Hockey in the knows. 80s and 90s no. was a big deal. If you say, hopeful, if you say a, a sport that counts, you're talking about football, basketball, baseball. Okay, hold on then. Let me do this then. Gina, TV's Gina Ippolito. Can you name me one member of the Detroit Pistons Bad no. Boys Championship team of the NBA, a big three, a thing you say admits in the 80s and 90s? No, what I said was I can name 10 people in it's each over. sport that counts. Okay. Okay. I literally said this. Gina, you- name 10 NBA players. One of them might be a bad boy from the Detroit Pistons mm. championship team. No, see, of the you're 80s saying specific 90s. teams, but I never said I could do that. I no, said I could I, name, I said I could name, you're obviously talking about Dennis Rodman, but. Okay, you did it. Ladies and gentlemen, there but, it is. I knew but, you would well, get there. Why are you fighting me? But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, like I could name just ten in any sport. Like if you were, if you were like, hey, what's Dan Marino doing, for example, or what's uh, Larry Bird doing, for example? Like I can name ten, but when you're giving me specific things, that's not what I said. That's like me saying, like, hey, I like chocolate, and you being like. Uh, touch someone's butthole. It's totally different. Gina, take the dub. You won. Hey, gang. I just uh, came back. I turned off my mic and went to go eat a big bowl of curry. Did I miss anything? No. <laughs> no. But listen, I, I challenged Gina. She won and then got mad at me. And because I'm fine with that. Because why, she are won. Still, why are we still talking about this? <laughs> I can't like you had it the whole time. No, you're making you up arbitrary rules. First. His name is Mudsy, which is so unpleasant because it feels mildly racist. It oh, feels like something that he called black people back when he was alive. Oh, so you so, admit that this is racist? That's a reach. That's a reach. No, it is a reach. That's why I'm saying that this personally. <laughs> 
to me felt in my heart like that's what he called black Look, people. The most important plot point happens here. Second most. The mask is left behind when oh, hold on, Mudsy hold on. No, I, hits uh, him with the gong. I actually got the... Uh... I say going, going, going. Like, okay. I didn't is, hate it. I didn't hate it. I, yeah. It, it is the uh, best constructed joke of the show. Um, I did hate it, but like... I recognize that. I want to say going, going gong at some point. I would like to find an excuse to use it in casual conversation when I have a portable tiny gong with me. Uh, You should definitely do it at a Chinese restaurant. I don't think there will be any repercussions for that. Uh, You a white woman carrying around a tiny A, A, carrying a tiny gong around, B, doing it at a Chinese restaurant. Um, Maybe you could hang upside down off a bunk bed. I don't know how you get the bunk bed into the Chinese restaurant, but, you know, uh, you, you you can figure it out. You know what? YouTube prank videos are really going to the next level. Some dude got <laughs> shot in one recently and was the guy who shot him was found not guilty. I thought you wanted to keep it going. No, I don't. I want to talk about this for a second. Like halfway if through you're, this episode, it's already if like- you're a YouTuber and your whole deal is being a very large human being who intimidates and harasses strangers in the food court at the mall. And one of them pulls out a gun and shoots you. They are correct. And a jury last week found that that is, that is the case. Not guilty. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to say is shoot your local YouTuber. Is am I allowed to say that? Am I? Oh, I'm being told I'm not allowed to say that. I feel like we are technically on YouTube. So I don't like this line of questioning at all. But we're not doing prank videos where we intimidate people. Mm. I intimidate people just by existing. It's true. Yeah, you know what? I you know what? Uh, now it's gray, and I don't like it. Anyway, yeah, the mask is gotten by our heroes. This is important for a moment later that upset me greatly. <laughs> now we have two Montezumas. There's a snake guy, and there's a bird guy. And the bird guy pulls a Nerf gun on the kids and threatens them, but refuses to pull the trigger, which should be a hint. Uh, they also mentioned Montezuma does that uh, it's his uh, uh, high priest. Because uh, I was wondering, like, wait, what? His what is that guy? Is it? Um, so they do explain it. Uh, also, yeah. it's uh, terrible. Former President Ronald Reagan once said, "If you're explaining, you're losing." And the fact you need to explain to me who the second character is means you're losing in this episode. So you love Ronald Reagan is what you're saying? I'm trying to say I love Reaganomics. I'm a big fan of Bedtime for Bonzo. I think we need more movies starring monkeys. Dunstan checks in. Did not do it for me. Ray loves trickle down anything um, because he enjoys being peed on. Yeah, that tracks. I mean, kink is kink, baby. I ain't shaming. I'm just saying. So they go into the ruins where they find a jackhammer and hear a wailing sound, which is apparently amateur chain work. (laughs) A a jackhammer is the architect's, I'm sorry, the archaeologist's tool, because as we well know, archaeologists go around with jackhammers jackhammering 
uh, ancient stone carvings. Thank you for saying the regs. Yeah, uh, this is this is why famously every dinosaur skeleton you see is in seventy five thousand pieces. Those are paleontologists. I'm talking about archaeologists. I mean, what's the difference? If you were to ask no, seriously, any six-year-old boy, you would be properly chastised, I assure you. Okay, I mean, here's the deal. Challenge accepted. You better train him up at Egon's sixth birthday party, which I assume I will be at. You're I'm going to ask him that question. You better be ready because you might fall down. Luna's getting an invite. You're not. I mean, that tracks, too. Okay, so now uh, the we meet the real Professor Lundgren who is chained up. It's Woody Allen. Why is it Woody Allen? That's uh, that's what a professor is. Just every professor is Woody Allen in 1971. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. The lights go out, and now that professor has gone missing as well, making me immediately suspect him. I'm wrong. And we do a. We do a bit where the funky phantom is riding the jackhammer and he ends up like on the ceiling, on the walls, on the floor. He ends up jackhammering a wall that ends up allowing everybody to escape. And I just wrote here, this shit is not funny even a little bit. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. Gina, defend this bullshit. Uh, I think I stopped paying attention by this point. Yeah, yeah. You're the one who liked this episode. I did not say I liked it. I said it was fine. If I'm dating someone and I say they're fine, that person is getting dumped. It doesn't mean I like them. I'm saying it did not make me mad. Oh, my God. What happened to the fucking 80s, Gina? When some girl tells you you're fine, that means that you're hot as shit. You all know that I didn't mean it in the 80s sense when I said it. Uh, here's the deal said it was a nothing burger this might be the realest episode we've ever done (laughs) (laughs) just for the record okay so they go to the dune buggy and now they're being chased by montezuma and his driver in the other driver car and that we cut to montezuma and his friend and montezuma is very clearly wearing the mask you know that mask They're chasing the other group because they have. And I know it's a continuity error, and I am very unhappy. Somehow, I'm disappointed in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Gina, defend your baby. Uh, No, I'm getting sick of you guys telling me that I liked something that I just said was fine. This is a Gina versus Ray and Chan episode. Uh, Own it. You guys consistently lose because the internet doesn't like it when you bully women. Uh, There's a certain high percentage of the internet that loves it, though. (laughs) Yeah, Um, man, we are corning that incel market. (laughs) We're basically the fresh and fit. Of knowing is half the podcast. I don't know what that is, but I am instinctively oh, uncomfortable. Please don't look it up. Also, I the won't. fact that Ray does know what it is is very on brand. I watch a lot of liberal <laughs> YouTube, so I know what a lot of conservative nonsense is. What can I tell you? 
That is my story. <laughs> yep. Okay, the gang drives backwards up a pyramid because it's the only way Funky Phantom can drive when he takes the wheel. Y'all, y'all make sense of this? Uh, yeah, it was weird how he said it because, like, obviously the idea is like, uh, uh, oh, I'm so good at driving that I could drive backwards and uh, uh, outrun this guy, and then the guy catches up to him. So he's like, oh, whoops. Oh, hey, why don't I guess I could just drive backwards and to get away, uh, which doesn't make any sense. It's also, I don't know why he's driving when all of the other humans are in the car. Um, he's not he's not even doing a bit that is ghost uh, ne- necessary for ghost physics. Maybe it's his one thing that he can contribute. Like he's he's like, can you guys please let me drive? And okay, hold like- on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Gina, your argument is. The Revolutionary War Ghost mm-hmm. is the best driver of the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we don't know how old those others are. They might be underage. Have you never seen Baby Driver, Gino? Yeah, he's literally nine months old. Ugh, it's a really hate, weird I movie. I don't. Bit. I hate this. I don't bit. know why Edgar Wright did it. It's, <laughs> you know, it's a choice. I hate this bit. So the Phantom pretends to be a ghost because they end up in the temple of the sun god let's get to the end here the phantom pretends to be the real montezuma ghost because an identical costume is just found inside what is happening in this episode i mean where else is montezuma gonna put his shit he's one of those dudes it's like like i don't want to worry about choosing clothes Wait. i'm gonna get seven of the same outfit and just have the same thing every day. So your argument is Montezuma is Peter Griffin with a closet of the same outfit over and over and over again. I'm arguing that Montezuma is me because I don't need to be choosing a different fucking uh, uh, linen shirt for work every day. I'm just going to get the same goddamn one. Honestly, that slap's pretty correct. So mm, I have nothing to add here. Mandarin collar. Which... Which t-shirt from a video game I worked on am I going to wear today? Uh, it's too real. It's too real. I don't like it. We meet the... we we, we Okay, we win here. Montezuma's tricked. He runs away into the off-screen arms of police who solve the entire thing. Montezuma was actually the assistant museum director who got the call from Woody Allen that said, I have this mask. Please come get it. He somehow was in cahoots with this race car driver in this race in the same area who then intentionally lost the race so he could drive off track, steal the mask, drive away with the mask, finish last place in the race so he could steal the mask with coverage. This makes zero sense. It actually none uh, of this makes sense. Makes way more sense than anything else in the episode. Oh, for fuck's and I just sake. like uh, I was like, man, this could have been done a lot better. But I, I well, get that's it. a true statement. No, this 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 involves so much reaching. We have to now know that this professional race car driver in Dune Buggy slash Clearly not dune buggy races over the dunes of Mexico 
happens to be best friends with this assistant museum creator and happened to be in town for a race at the exact same time, a 24-hour period where, where this assistant director got the call about a mask who then decided to turn evil, bring his friend, the race car driver in, who's also evil. And if it wasn't for the fact that our heroes were so bad at racing, well, now hold on, they never I would have known. This is safe awesome. To say that every um, assistant museum manager and every race car driver are evil to begin with, so they don't have to flip. Like where we're talking like psychological motivations, I think that all tracks. Okay, I'm actually on board right now. I still don't like it. And that is how we end the episode, except we're not done yet because we have a music video that's just literally the intro a second time. I, yeah, was this, this might have been. I, yeah, at first I thought maybe this was like a daily motion mistake. They put it. But then I, I remember that they, this was like a thing that they used to do for shows. They would they would bookend the show with the theme song. If you spent money, if you spent that much money, I'm curious if Mickey Dolan's uh, did any of the song, because if he did, that may be part of the way they got him in. It was like, look, uh, you know, it's not a great wage, but you're going to get a little taste every time that theme song plays. We'll play it twice an episode, baby. Come on board. Yeah, that's true. I don't like it. (laughs) As well, you shouldn't. This entire show just strikes me as being exceptionally lazy. Just lazy. It's two years after Scooby-Doo hit. We're releasing a show that's exactly like Scooby-Doo from the same studio, except Snagglepuss, an already existing character, is now a revolutionary war ghost with a knockoff much lesser than Scooby-Doo crew. I'm just going to say Mindy Kaling ain't rebooting this shit. I would like to end this with a second transcription that the good folks uh, uh, machine learning Adobe gave me of this version of the song. Uh, Copycat, all miscarried, mysterious 1776 similar packages. We found a red flag in 18 months and they will come when you get there without a cat and that bunk bed. Yo, I don't hate that. Uh, Tell me at least that this was asked for by a patron. It was indeed. Thank you. And you just made them feel really bad, Ray. Exactly. I mean, this is... We're, we're giving it up to the patrons and you're just being a dick about it. I mean, yeah, come the on. The patrons are trying to punish us. <laughs> I want them to know it's working. That is actually celebrating them. To be fair, you are correct. It is Thank Rob you. Schaefer, a wonderful patron of ours. Rob. Funky Phantom. Rob, why are you doing Man. this? <laughs> that, that delivered. That delivered. This one... So for the rest of this month, we are doing more Halloween, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if I can go ahead, let me find the Google Calendar. There are so many I have open right now. I know we got uh, Archie's Weird Mysteries coming up. We've got Inch High Private Eye. 
We got a couple more. Inchai uh, Private Eye. What do you talk? Why is that on I'm this sorry. list? That's November. Never mind. Uh, Rob Schaefer. No, Rob Schaefer suggested that too. I'm calling an audible, Rob Schaefer. You're one of my favorite people because you're a Patreon patron. But that does not fit a Thanksgiving or Halloween theme. I want to veto that choice. I'm fine with Archie's Weird Mysteries. I think we can do better seasonally. Rob Schaefer, listen, you got like a month. Rob Schaefer, please suggest us a Thanksgiving episode. Thanksgiving is the season of Muggsy Bogues, (laughs) Bud Webb, and Inch High Private Eye. You sound like the former president right now, and I appreciate the, uh, the impression. That said, Rob Schaefer, you're on notice. You have 30 days from when you hear this episode. Hopefully, the day we release it. Wait, but we need to tell me a Thanksgiving episode, and we'll Thanksgiving do it. episodes in November. That's my rule. I would nothing like but to, Halloween but for October. Inch high private eye. Nothing. Sorry, but, Gina. Go ahead. Nothing but Halloween for October. Nothing but Thanksgiving for November. Nothing but Christmas for December. I demand it. It needs to be so. What is this? Rob Schaefer has taken over the podcast because we also have Robonic Stooges, something that is not Thanksgiving at all. I am angry with Robert Clark Chan right now. Yeah, I need to, I need to double check these because, because these are not holiday things, Chan. No. I, I think you don't understand the rules. And I would upsetting. like to do these things. I would like to do them. But not now. Somebody. Robert Clark Chan, somehow you've still disappointed me. Somebody said uh, we should get patron suggestions. Seasonal. Certainly else wasn't me. Tried to put it in, and then somebody kept pushing them back so that we could finish out goddamn G.I. Joe. I, so I'm, now they're in the seasonal months. So maybe somebody no. else. Should do the no. scheduling. No, I'm telling no, you right I'm now, gonna, I'm not watching you. whatever is up next week unless it is a Halloween episode. Y'all on notice, Patreon patrons of any level, you send us a message, you tweet at Robert Clark Chan on Twitch. Shit. You tweet at me on Twitter and I see it. That's debatable. I get a lot of messages. Who would win show is very popular. The point I'm trying to make here is. We want seasonal suggestions for October, November, December, and you know what holidays fall in each month. This comes to you. Give us things to watch, and we will watch them. This is your chance to influence the show. Rob Schaefer, I appreciate you. I hated this. I'm mad at you. I still appreciate you. We are not doing those suggestions until 2024 because we deserve better. You deserve better yourself. Give us seasonal content. Ari done. Could people go watch Gen V and Loki? No. It's a funky phantom. The spirit of 1776 even at your service.
Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.